fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 33. I'm excited for this one. Uh, I feel like we've got some great news topics to go over and a discussion that I'm actually really, really looking forward to hearing. Uh, Josh doesn't know some of mine. I think he's actually going to be surprised by some of the ones that I have for our discussion later. But first, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, man. I just got back from some wrestling training, and uh, it was a good night, and uh, got some new stuff in my life that have been moving moving and grooving, but, you know, just kind of chill. I'm happy that the uh, the band is up for uh, Endgame spoilers, because not because, like, oh, man, I can finally talk about it, but because legitimately some of the memes that are coming out and some of the pictures that are coming out are the best. Oh, yeah. Infinity War had some great memes, but now Endgame, now it's Endgame's turn. Now, before we get to our news, uh, we actually have some bit of corrections from last week. I had not one, but two people correct me on two different issues. So let's let's go back and address some things. Uh, first of all, apparently in the final fight, um, we said that Hulk really wasn't much of a presence because of his bum arm, and I didn't really see him too much. Well, my mom went back to the movies and just saw it by herself and was like, uh, no, Hulk was definitely there. He was being carried by Ant-Man, um, and he was in that final fight. So, props to you, Mom, for the correction. Apparently Hulk was in the final fight and actively contributing. Oh, absolutely. Also, did you, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it, but, um, are you seeing the Howard the Duck stuff? No. Howard the Duck is in the final fight. Well, I mean, I don't really need another reason, but now I have a reason to see Endgame a third and fourth time. Yeah. So when when the Ravengers come out, look for him because he's right there with a little Tommy gun. Huh. And our <laughs> other correction comes from friend of the show, active listener, and has been on the show before, uh, Nathan Weslow, Neslo as we love to call him. He is our resident video game uh, connoisseur, and so he actually was able to drop some knowledge on me later in the week about Sonic. So you remember how you and I were saying we had issues with the portal in the trailer, and like we're there's yeah. two from Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. So he messaged me saying that in the original um, Sonic, um, you would find bonus levels with rings that would get you to the emerald, um, something like emerald oh. chaos emeralds. Basically, oh, okay. and the way to find them was secret rings that would transport you to different locations. So that being said, okay. that makes a whole bunch more sense. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, like we said last week, we don't know Sonic that much, but thankfully you guys do. So, Neslo, thanks for that correction, putting us back on the straight and narrow. Um, but, yeah, I think that's about it for corrections. I just want to get those out of the way. Uh, that'll lead us to our news discussions. First of all, yeah, we talked about Endgame spoilers being lifted. The directors of Endgame, the Russo brothers, made it very clear that, hey, guys, make sure you see it before this Monday. And now we know why, because Spider-Man Far From Home got a new trailer. And yeah, there's some major spoilers for Endgame. I love the fact that the first five to ten seconds of the trailer is just Tom Holland saying, hey, don't see this trailer Unless you've seen Endgame, because huge spoilers. And the irony is not lost on me that they're making Tom Holland say spoiler alert. Yo, absolutely. It's, that's hilarious. Well, what did, first of all, before I go into it, 
Josh, what did you think of the Far From Home trailer? Oh, I, I liked it just as much as I did the first one. Um, I, 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 there was not necessarily anything new scene-wise. Oh, I, I disagree. As, There's a lot of new scenes. I, well, yes and no. Like, if it doesn't necessarily... One big one in particular. Well, I mean, they don't show us anything more. Is what I'm saying. Like, there's, we've already seen uh, Mysterio. We've already seen you know, all these things, all the new, the black suit, blah blah blah. But the implications and some, and the dialogue is what's new. And that is what, like, really brings outside of the opening scene of the trailer. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this trailer gets right into the spoilers real quick. So we'll drop it um, really quick. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, um, just fast forward a couple minutes to the next news topic because, yeah, we're going to be talking about some Endgame spoilers with it in regards to the Far From Home trailer. So right off the bat, Peter's like, oh, man, I wish Iron Man was still here. I wish he was still around, which I – it's going to sound weird. I like how much Peter's relying on the whole – Iron Man's gone. I need to be the new Iron Man. I actually love that a whole bunch. Um, Because as much as I love Spider-Man Homecoming, and I really think it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Spider-Man movie, my main gripe with the movie is at times he felt too much like Iron Man Jr. with the um, AI in the suit, um, just a lot of the actions and the way they set him up. I liked him, but at times he felt too much like Iron Man Jr., so I think going back and seeing the trailer for this now, it seems very much intentional, and it just shows a growth of like, okay, now it makes sense. With Tony not being there, he feels like he needs to be the new Iron Man, and his Absolutely. arc for this story will be realizing he's not meant to be Iron Man. He's meant to be Spider-Man, and I'm all on board with that type of story. Absolutely. I love, and I love that he's getting to interact with cops now. And he has like a really like genuinely a genuine kid banter with them, like oh yes. If I don't do do, do my job, then what are you guys gonna do? Kind of thing. Yeah, and I was talking to Heather once we watched the trailer. It was like this is yet another great example of the difference between Tom Holland Spider Man and Andrew Garfield Spider Man. I know you love Andrew Garfield Spider Man, but um, to contrast the two scenes, yeah, the trailer for this is just like, are you gonna be the new Iron Man? Uh, heck no, man. I still got to have time to do your job, which is just great. In contrast to the first Amazing Spider-Man, when Spider-Man webs up that burglar and he just like more or less screams at the cop. He's like, I just did half your job for you. Just like the tone of voice that Andrew Garfield had for that and just was condescending. This this felt more like Tom Holland was treating the cops like coworkers, like they're all on the same team. And yeah. just, like they're friendly. I, like, I am here to help. I'm the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I, and I feel that. I... I think part of that is the only thing I'll say about your example is in that scene, he is still coming off. He's still on his, his little, I've got to find the guy that killed Ben kind of shtick. But I, I agree like this, Tom Holland is winning me over slowly with this, um, especially that banter and just the way, honestly, the way he is in this trailer. Yeah. I like as much as I hate the Iron Spider suit, I like that he's depending on it so much. Like, it's more yes. or less filling the void of Iron Man for him. Of like, well, if I don't have Iron Man, I have my Iron Man suit that he gave me before he died type of thing. 
Yeah, exactly. So, it, it, which definitely begs the question: Does that mean he's going to go back to the other, like regular Spider-Man suit that Tony made him, or is he going to move on no. to something completely different? I think so. Here's I saw this other theory today because naturally I dive down the rabbit hole that is um, fan theories. Um, so we've seen a couple different suits in this trailer. We've seen the Iron Spider suit made by Tony. We see this like black knight stealth suit. I think that's made by Shield uh, with Nick Fury and Maria Hill. And then we see this like red and black, like this new red and black suit. I think the red and black suit is made is the last suit that Tony made, like an upgraded one of the Homecoming suit. Essentially, I think all those suits are cool, but not the suit that he'll have when the movie's done. Uh, yeah, I agree. Granted, I have a, and based on the theories that you've kind of shared with me, I don't think the black suit is Peter. But you know, I'm going to shoot you down on that one later. Oh yeah, you did you go back and rewatch the trailer? Yes, and he is wearing the suit without the mask when he's okay. in the bar talking to Mysterio. And they and they show him. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I missed that. Oh well. But yeah, uh, there's a lot in this trailer, and we obviously haven't even talked about the big thing yet. One word, multiverse. So, you and I, we were talking before of, well, we like the end game was more or less a definitive end to a lot of characters' journeys and a definitive end to this story of the MCU. Now, what is Spider-Man going to possibly do to more or less jumpstart everything because it's all on him because nothing else has been announced? Multiverse, that's how. Exactly. Now, for those of you who don't know what a multiverse is, is essentially the Earth that you know, the universe that you know all these characters are in, is just one universe of many. And there's other universes out there that are almost identical to the universe that you know and watch in a theater, except for minor changes. Like, in one universe, uh, Peter Parker is dead, and Gwen Stacy instead is Spider-Man. Or... In another universe, Captain America might be evil, so on and so forth. So, this opens the door for a ton of possibilities, Fantastic Four and X-Men. Um, oh, absolutely. Of a lot of different things to come into play. Now, you and I talked at length on Monday, different, uh, just bouncing different ideas off each other. How do we think Multiverse is going to tie into Mysterio, who's like the ultimate deception artist? Absolutely. So... I think you. it started with what if Mysterio is just lying and with his all deception, he's kind of created this illusion to S.H.I.E.L.D. We'll start with that one. Illusion to S.H.I.E.L.D. that there is a multiverse and he's lying that he's from a different, different universe. Only to find out that there is a multiverse. Yeah, or uh, the one that seems pretty obvious... Um, one of many things that could potentially happen is multiverse does exist. He's like, yeah, I was a hero on my planet and uh, we could have used men like you on my planet, but in reality, Mysterio is a villain on his planet and he's going to be a villain on our planet too. Yeah, there's that one too. And there's also the theory that Nick Fury isn't Nick Fury. Yes, (laughs) when I saw that. So there's a theory um, that I saw by one of the people that I watch on YouTube called Robert, his name is Robert Meyer Burnett. Smart dude, knows comics. He actually 
proposed something that I had not thought of at all, but now that I've seen it, I can't stop thinking about it. And that's the Nick Fury that we see in this movie is not Nick Fury, but is a Spider-Man character known as Chameleon, who is like... Think of this, any of the scenes in Mission Impossible where they have the dramatic mask taking off. That's essentially what Chameleon is especially good at, is uh, masks, deception, espionage type stuff. Like the mask that uh, Black Widow wore at the end of Winter Soldier. Yeah, exactly. Which is how you can bring that technology back in. Mm-hmm. Because it already exists in-universe. I mean, why, why not, man? <laughs> So, There's so much you can do with this. Oh. I suggest that idea to Josh that maybe the person calling um, Spider-Man at the beginning is the real Nick Fury saying, hey, don't trust me. There's somebody out there. And the Nick Fury that we see through most of this movie is not the real Nick Fury, but is someone pretending to be Nick Fury working alongside Mysterio to try and deceive spider-man because deceiving spider-man is something mysterio tends to do quite a bit i mean that's just like his sole purpose in life so which um today like literally five minutes before we hit record for this podcast there's a little 30 second clip on instagram uh just look up collider video after this to see it it's like a 30 second clip of spider-man meeting mysterio slash quentin beck for the first time and even calls him Mysterio, and Mysterio calls our universe, or Universe 616. Interesting. Yeah. So, so that, I'm, so that just, would I have a lot him, of questions. Yeah, that would, interesting. Okay. Because that would, isn't like... 616 uh, is the main one in the comics. It, okay, that, that, that was going to be... I couldn't remember what the main one was. But yeah, 616 yeah. is the main one. Which hmm. 616, in, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the main... When most people think Marvel Comics, they're thinking of 616 universe. There's multiverses in the comics, but 616 is often... This is the Earth. This is not. This is the main storyline earth and universe that we're talking about in marvel comics is the 616 universe and actually 616 has been mentioned a couple times in the mcu previously with i think something on a billboard in thor the dark world but more people are going to remember far from home than thor the dark world i have a feeling yeah i just have so many questions i like the addition of more happy hogan scenes too Yes, I I think in the I can see Happy Hogan being more of a father figure to 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 Peter than Tony ever was a better father figure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so the last little bit from the Spider-Man trailer that I really took away from, uh, besides seeing Flash Thompson get hit in the groin several times, that's just I can watch that on repeat all day. Oh, absolutely. Um, is because I am a very much a musically inclined person when I see movies. I pay attention to the scores a lot for stuff. Um, they use the Spider-Man theme a lot more for this. Like when they show the title credits, you get the do-do-do-do-do-do, which was very, used very, very lightly in Homecoming. And even in the trailers, they use it very sparingly. We're getting more of that Spider-Man theme for Far From Home 
So call me a conspiracy theorist, but I think that's intentional of we're getting more and more of the classic Spider-Man theme because we're getting closer and closer to him being true Spider-Man. He's getting closer to being final form, if you will. Yeah, I, I, I agree. We're getting closer to who he is. And I think this, <laughs> I think if anything, this just proves that they're going to build this next saga the multiverse saga or around Spider-Man, which also could indicate secret wars. Yes. This could easily be, um, how you do that of like, you trusted the scrolls and captain Marvel. Well, that's from this, from that universe. What about scrolls from a different universe? I'm very much intrigued by the concept of multiverse and how they do this. Yeah. It's going to be tricky. I think um, definitely, like, I, I read some of the interviews with the Russo brothers. Um, they've thought through more than I think I'm giving them credit for. Yes, which is why I want them to be involved with something that we'll get to in a couple news stories. I'll give you a hint. It may be a other big Disney franchise. Ooh. That... I'll, I'll get to that in a couple other news stories. But yeah, anything yeah, yeah. else from Far From Home before we move on? No, nah, man. I, I think it, it, this definitely raises good questions. Not like, what are they thinking? More like, wait, what does that mean for you know the movie and where we're going? Yeah, for me personally, I was already super hyped for this movie because it's Spider-Man. And I'll always see a Spider-Man movie. But now I'm hyped because it gets me more curious about the rest of the MCU and the direction it takes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, to shift to something a little sadder, but uh, still happy to see, not necessarily happy, but just thankful to see such a warm embrace of fans just remembering the fond memories of Peter Mayhew, who unfortunately passed away uh, last week. The man better known as Chewbacca. I didn't even know he really had any health complications other than uh, chronic knee issues from just being such a tall guy. But he unfortunately passed away last week. But all the fans really rallied together because Peter Mayhew was awesome, man. He was one of the best. I actually got the privilege of seeing him at Star Wars Weekends once. He was uh, for a sit-down interview with James Donald Taylor. The dude's a fan. He loved being Chewbacca. He loved fan culture. I, from every story I've ever heard about Peter Mayhew, he seemed like the nicest, most genuine, caring person, and there was no difference between Chewbacca and Peter Mayhew. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I I think some of the coolest things I've seen were um, the appearance he was supposed to make this past weekend. They turned it into a memoriam. And then there was a, a box to for them to be able to for people to be able to donate to his nonprofit. Um, so it's just it's been really cool. I saw a giant billboard on my way home from uh, from work the other night uh, that was like one of the light up billboards, and it had you know rest in peace Peter Mayhew. So like his his impact will be forever remembered. Um, his his stamp on nerd culture will be impossible to wash away. Oh, absolutely. I've 
I've always loved Chewbacca. I don't think there's a single Star Wars fan who doesn't like Chewbacca. Everybody's got their favorites. Chewie's great, man. I still to this day don't get how he doesn't get a medal at the end of A New Hope. That's just bogus to me. Yeah, absolutely. He was great. Chewbacca was great. Peter Mayhew absolutely was perfect for that role, but he was perfect just as an ambassador for the brand. He's always been tied with Star Wars, and he's just seems to genuinely be happy about that. Some actors are not too happy about being typecast. He seemed always so happy and so thrilled to be in the Star Wars universe. We were happy to have him. He was just such a great influence in the Star Wars culture, and he will be sorely missed. He really will. Now, transitioning back to the MCU, Endgame, holy crap, it just keeps on trucking. This movie is now in... Under 11 days when it passed it, in less than 11 days, it has now become the second highest grossing film of all time. It has already beaten Titanic. And I said it before, but I'll say it again. Bring me Avatar! And I think the last time I looked at it, it only needed, I think, something like 7 million or something like, or 6 million or something like that to pass Avatar. Probably 600 million. Probably. I don't know. I, I'm not good with with numbers, so. But to me, this means it's a not a matter of if, but when. Yes. Now I the think we said it before, is, too, though, is because mm-hmm. is it has it gone? It's gone. It's overseas still, right? Like, but like, oh, that's where most of its money is coming from. Yeah, but I, it hasn't hit China yet, has it? Yes, it has. It broke okay. a whole bunch of records at China, I believe. Yeah, yeah, because that that's always China's always a tipping point. Um, but yeah, yeah it's like, fascinating because China, like, did okay with Infinity War, but it didn't destroy the box office. China never like Star Wars is the one thing which I've always found fascinating. Um, now the question, at least for me personally, is I feel very confident it's going to break Avatar's record. Now the question for me is, will it reach? Three billion. So Avatar is like two point seven, two point eight something. Can Endgame get three billion? Yeah, it would be cool, dude. At least like to not to be like, all right. So it's Avatar at two point seven, and then Endgame at you know two point eight or something like to really not just make more than Avatar, but to destroy Avatar. And I think there's a very good chance of that because every time all like the critics or the analysts make projections, Endgame continues to destroy them. It has high oh, rewatchability. You got people that loved it and are seeing it multiple times, like me. But even like casual movie fans are like, yeah, I want to see it again. Absolutely. Now, Disney also, earlier today, I don't know what prompted them to do this, but they released their um, film schedule for the next several years, uh, if not the names of some of the movies, but like just saying, oh, hey, we have an untitled MCU, we have an untitled Pixar, yada, yada, yada. Um, but it wasn't just Disney. It was Disney, Pixar, MCU, Star Wars, which we'll get into, and um, all the Fox properties. So let me give a quick rundown of some of the ones we've got coming up, um, not just in 2019, but beyond. Uh, Tolkien, Aladdin, 
Dark Phoenix is still coming June 7th. Maleficent is coming October 18th. Frozen 2, 11, uh, November 22nd. Rise of Skywalker, um, 12-20. Christmas Day, Spies in Disguise by Fox. That's that Will Smith turns into a pigeon movie. Oh, goodness. Now, here's where it's starting to get, oh. get interesting here. Uh, Valentine's Day next year. Untitled Kingsman movie. So Which, okay, so my questions start here. Why? And this is why when you told me, I was like, "But what's the point? Why would you, especially being specific like this? Why would you be like Untitled Kingsman, Untitled Pixar?" Like, well, to be fair, that's not Disney making that announcement. That was already announced before the acquisition. I. Okay, I guess. I mean, I, I I at least didn't know about it, so... It got bumped back. It was supposed to come out, like, later this year, I thought. Mm. But it is smart to me to bump it back. I don't know if it's a prequel or a sequel. But yes, we're getting another Kingsman. Um, Call of the Wild, a week after that. Now, here's the big one. I'm glad we finally have a release date for this because it feels like it's been in development for way too long. Uh, March 27th, 2020, the live-action Mulan. Nice which to see is, that finally has a release date. Which is good. and But same thing with the New new Mutants. It's good to see that they haven't just dumped that. Are you actually looking at the notes? Yeah, yeah I'm actually looking at the, the notes. Okay, because I was like, if you just happen to bring up New Mutants now of all times, that's a good coincidence because the week after is the New Mutants which was supposed yeah. to come out, like, a year ago. Oh, yeah, and it's... This and movie was filmed almost three years ago, and apparently it's so bad that they keep going back for reshoots, and Disney and Fox don't know what to do with this movie. So they keep pushing it back more and more. So it's supposed to come out last year. It's been done. It's coming out on April... Um, yeah, April 3rd. 2020 what is with this movie and it's really unfortunate because it's in my opinion a really unique like way to tell a mutant story like we i can't remember the last time we had like a horror superhero movie like that's super smart yeah if it's done well i obviously if it's got this much issues i i don't think it's good like, I don't think I've ever heard of a movie with this many issues that people are just like, just dump it somewhere and get it over with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, May 1st, an untitled Marvel movie. Uh, I think the odds are probably it's going to be a Black Widow prequel, just because that's a movie that probably wouldn't require a ton of effects-heavy things, which would take time, considering it's more or less exactly a year away, and nothing's Unless... been announced. It, yeah, unless they've got like that's the other thing is I feel like they're showing their hand a little bit and like if you've got already had stuff in your pocket, what's different now that you know why why would you show your a little bit of your hand now? You know what I mean? Like uh, I, I'm not I don't okay I'm coming across that I'm that I'm mad that they released this and that's not the case. I just I, I I'm confused as to why to why release all of this stuff. Yeah. Now this one, this next one also, I'm super confused about. Um, May 29, 2020, Artemis Fowl, 
Wasn't that supposed to come out later this year? I'm not crazy, right? I'd have to go back and watch the trailer, but I, no. The I, fact I, that there sure. is a trailer makes me think that it was supposed to come out like Thanksgiving-ish time, right? God, I think so, actually. There's no because that trailer came out months ago. Because you and I talked about it in our predictions video back in January. You're right. Holy crap! There's no way this movie was supposed to come out in 2020 originally. That had to have bump, been bumped back for some reason. It had to. And to be fair, the trailer came out and then they did. And then the merger went through. What was it? Early, early February. It's, not a, it's not a merger movie. This is a straight Disney movie. What? Yeah. Thought, oh, my goodness. Now. Okay. okay. I told you Artemis Fowl was going to bomb. Now I'm just going to have to bump that prediction to next year because I'm even more concerned about Artemis Fowl now. No, no, that that concerns me as well. Uh, June nineteenth, twenty twenty, Untitled Pixar. Okay. Uh, sure. July seventeenth, Bob's <laughs> Burgers. I'm so excited for whatever this this is going this to be. Is a movie for Bob's Burgers. Okay, have you ever watched the show? I have not, bro. First of all, I think you would love it because it's very pun heavy, very dry. Um, and it's just very much the humor that you and I banter with. Yes. Um, I, j- go watch it. You at least give the first season a try. All righty. I'll um, give it a shot then. Uh, the week absolutely. after Bob's Burgers, Jungle Cruise. Is it just me or has Jungle Cruise been in production forever? No, they. I thought they just finished um, filming like a, like a month but ago. I feel like Rock has been hyping it up for like five or six years now. Well, that, but that's because The Rock is always, like, always on, always... It always feels like The Rock has been hyping two things that I feel like will never come. Him as Black Adam and Jungle Cruise. Oh, I was going to say the, te- the tequila that he's going to make, but, you know. A mm. uh, couple months later, uh, October 9th, 2020, Death on the Nile, which is a sequel to or- Murder on the Orient Express. Hard pass for me. Yeah, the, I hated the, the first one. It was very passable. Eleven oh six, twenty twenty, an untitled Marvel movie. This one, actually, I feel very confident about what it will be. Oh yeah, Doctor Strange two. Okay, I can see that because the first one I believe came out in November, so it just makes sense for this one too. Too. <laughs> to to come out as well. Eleven twenty five, twenty twenty. Untitled Disney animation. Oh, okay. Uh, 12, 18, 20. Uh, West Side Story from Fox. I believe this is the Steven Spielberg directed one. I think so. That's got Ansel Elgort as the main character. Hold up. That movie on the 23rd. Have they ever announced that? Um, I don't know. Which one are you talking about there, Josh? I'm talking about Corella. I... I think are they are they really about to try to make us feel positive feelings for Corella Deville? I thought that was always one that they were like, yeah, it's something we've been discussing, and fans have more or less like made it like a fan thing. But I didn't yeah. think they ever officially confirmed it. I guess now it is. Yeah, that's that's why. That's also why like some of the stuff is it's like why is this untitled in like uh, also. What's that? Because uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. I'm just looking at stuff that 
pops out because yeah after this point of, it's a lot of untitled whatever like untitled marvel yeah, uh untitled Pixar. for that one on the on the seventh on the ninth untitled in indiana jones uh yes we've heard rumors of that for the, i don't know how long um they just went back for rewrites again well yeah because crystal skull was absolute trash See, I think we are literally one delay away from a reboot. I can see that. If it gets delayed one more time for scripts, I think Disney's just going to say, all right, cut our losses. If we wait any longer, Harrison Ford will be 80, and we'll just have to go with somebody new. Yeah. Because honestly, if this sticks where where it is, with a 2020 release date for the Indiana Jones 5, Harrison Ford will be like 75 or 76. Yeah, it's well because I thought the whole idea was to go back and do like re do a live action uh, like the Young Adventures of Indiana Jones thing. Well, they tried that with Mutt in Indiana Jones Four, and he was not well received as a character because um, he was a terrible written character. Also, with Shia LaBeouf. I don't think Shia LaBeouf was the issue. I think it was the character. Um, so the Fair story enough, that yes. I've heard rumors of for Indiana Jones Five that they're kind of keep doing reshoots for. The story doesn't sound interesting at all to me. Um, it The story is Indy is looking for a buried Nazi submarine that's filled with gold. Okay, and I'm still just going, stupid, why don't you okay. just go with my idea of him trying to find Excalibur? I mean, yeah, because that sounds way cooler than a Nazi submarine filled with I gold. I literally did like- a video on... Top five things I'd much rather see for an Indiana Jones movie. Excalibur, Atlantis, Pan, uh, Pandora's Box. Yeah, that's, none, of, none of that makes sense, man. I, I, mark my words. If, they get, if this gets delayed one more time due to script reshoots, uh, whatever it is, they're just going to start over. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so we have more Disney, untitled Disney live action. Um, untitled Marvel. Yeah, it's, now, it's a 12, lot of 17, it's 21. Avatar 2. Yeah. So, for the I, next mm. few years after that, every Christmas, we're either going to have an Avatar movie or a Star Wars movie. I think one of them is going to do significantly better than the other. <laughs> Well, we shall see, man, because it kind of depends on what they, where they go with the Star Wars films. Oh, and that's where I bring the Russos back into it. Of course. Like the Russos, I go full circle with my conversations. Um, so the rumor right now is that these Star Wars movies, there's three of them. So it very well might be a trilogy. The trilogy that's currently rumored to be being worked on by uh, Benioff and Wise, the two guys who are, I think, either writers or producers for Game of Thrones. They're supposed to be working on a Star Wars trilogy. The prevailing rumor right now is that it'll be set in the Old Republic. Now, where do the Russos come into this is I don't think there's a single team um, or directors that would be better suited for a Star Wars trilogy set in the Old Republic than the Russo brothers. I agree. Uh, And I think... The Russo brothers of all people would do their homework. Yeah. They're super fans. 
It's just, the, you know, I, I, it, 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 an old Republic um, movie or trilogy would need that kind of dedication. Yeah. And they've already proven that they know how to work with major franchises before with what they've done with Avengers. Exactly. The only... The, it's not surprising, but it is saddening for me to see, is nowhere on this schedule we have these three untitled Star Wars slots. Um, that's the only Star Wars slots that we have, is these three slots. So that's more or less, for the time being, goodbye to any Obi-Wan movies. I think the odds are ever-increasing day by day that an Obi-Wan standalone movie is dead, but something Obi-Wan-related on Disney Plus is a better and better chance of happening. Yeah, exactly. Which, it wouldn't be the worst thing. No. So yeah, that's more or less the big ones that are coming out over the next few years. They just kind of announced it out of the blue. Um, But yeah, the Star Wars thing is the thing that stands out to me the most. Random Marvel slots, which I'm sure more will be added because Marvel stuff. Yeah. Well, and to to their credit, we have no idea where, exactly where they're going. So. Multiverse. Exactly. Also, um, there's a, I think the thing that's popping out to me a lot, too, is there's a lot of Disney live action. Yes. Um, which is probably just more stuff from the Disney Renaissance. Yes. Make it Lannis, dang it. I mean, they better. Or Atlantis Treasure and Planet. Treasure Planet. Oh, Treasure Planet would be awesome. Just have Joseph Gordon-Levitt come back. Why not, right? Now, something we wish wouldn't come back, but maybe when it comes back, it'll be for the better, will be Sonic. So, we talked, literally last week, about how terrifying he looks in this trailer. Apparently, we weren't alone. A lot of people didn't take too kindly to Sonic's designs and the overall look of Sonic and the overall trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Well, the director has now come out and said, all right, we hear you, and we're going to do everything we can to make sure the movie's better for you guys. We're going to go back, and we're going to change up Sonic's design. Um, I see this as both a good and a bad thing. It's good because yeah. they were listening. That's, that's a good thing, of willing to accept feedback from your audience. Don't always cave to the fan reception, like casting somebody that's a huge thing that you have to stick to your guns with but changing an overall cgi character's design that's within your power and within your means and yes it was not a good design go back to the drawing board and they seem to be doing that that's great that's great that they were able to be mature enough to be like okay this one's on us we're gonna fix it for you guys the fans yeah i'm worried though that they're not gonna push the release date back and we're going to have a lot of overworked employees and a not quite completed finished product, a.k.a. Justice League. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I, to be fair, like I feel the fans because I've seen some of the reworks fans themselves have done. And it's way better than anything that, they, that the directors put out. So it's, you know, like I get it. Like, it's not that hard to do, but at the same time, like, you've already gotten a trailer, dude. Like, that's that's a lot of work already done with, with visual effects. It's, yeah. Uh, to me, it, it feels a little late. Yeah. Uh, granted, it was their first trailer, and it is a CGI character. I just, if it's going to be an extensive thing, 
just push it back for all involved, just because. It'll be make everything easier for you guys. Move it back to next summer if you have to, just to make life easier for you guys. Make sure you're giving us the best possible product so it provides more benefit for you guys in the long term. Yeah, it's... And, I mean, and to be fair, with a movie like this that has a high potential to flop hard, um, plus, aren't they, like, only a few months after... No, uh, I was... For some reason, I was going to say they're a few months after Pikachu, but Pikachu is, like, literally next week. Yeah. Pikachu soon. I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness. Um, Speaking of long-term, Chris Hemsworth is thinking long-term because he has just signed on for more Thor appearances. And, yes, more Thor is always good Thor. We're the Asgardians of the galaxy. Yes, I'm so excited. Mainly because the comedy that's going to happen between Drax, Thor, and, and Pratt, like, those guys will will feed off of each other so well. Oh, gosh. Yes. I'm just... It seemed like Chris Hemsworth, and he has said as much in interviews, that he was just getting tired of the character after a certain point. I mean, I would be too after seeing Thor of the Dark World. But Thor Ragnarok seemed to give him new energy and new life. So whether that means... Uh, we're actually getting a Thor 4, or if he's just going to be lumped in with the Guardians of the Galaxy now, I don't care. I want to see more Thor. I I enjoy Fat Thor, In Shape Thor, just any form of fun Thor, I'm so down for. Uh, down yes. Thor. Um, uh, now, the question is, could we get like a Thor Valkyrie movie, just the two of them? Um, I think maybe... It could work. But at, honestly, as a character, Valkyrie doesn't need Thor. If you told me a Valkyrie movie's coming out, but it doesn't have Thor in it, I'm still seeing it opening weekend. I like Valkyrie that much as a character. Oh, absolutely. And I like where she is at the end of Endgame. Now, if you can get Valkyrie, I know there's, um, it's a hot button topic in the comics at least, but Jane Foster, uh, his love interest, at one point became Thor. If we could switch that out and make Valkyrie the new Thor, I would actually be okay with that. A Valkyrie wields Mjolnir at some point. I mean, I don't, and I don't see why she wouldn't, too. She seems worthy to me. Yeah. I. That's just me spitballing. But more Thor, considering everyone else of the original people won't really be involved too much anymore. It's nice to see at least one major character still sticking around. He's got to catch up to Captain America and Iron Man's 10 roles. He's only been in seven appearances. So he's got to catch up to them first before he can retire. Yeah, absolutely. But more fun, Thor, please. And bring back Taika Waititi and Korg. (laughs) There's no way... How, oh my goodness, how awesome would it be if Thor and Korg are with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Korg meets Groot. Or Drax. That would be great. That's, there's so much comedy-wise you can do there. You can't see me because I move so slowly. Really? That's fascinating. I must have powers too because I can see you. Right there. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, dude. Imagine if Korg introduced 
um, Drax to Fortnite. No. <laughs> Who is this peasant that ridicules you on the mobile device? <laughs> oh man, that could be a lot of fun, honestly. That'd be that's I just want that as a short series on Disney Plus. Well, because we can get anything we want on Disney Plus now. Korg and Drax as roommates. Oh, jeez. I'd, I'd watch the crap out of that. Not unlike me, watching the crap out of Cobra Kai. Oh, totally. Segway. <laughs> so, Every time you say Segway, I picture, I picture Ollie Davis. Exactly. So, <laughs> Segway. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Cobra Kai is a hit show on YouTube Red, which sounds a bit like an oxymoron, but it is actually a good show. Um, so this show essentially is what happens to Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai in Karate Kid and Daniel LaRusso from Karate Kid 20 years later. And, oh my gosh, if this isn't one of the best shows on TV, period. This show is fantastic. And it just got picked up for a third season, which is great because I really need some answers and resolution after the season two cliffhanger. And for those of you who don't have YouTube Red as it's a subscription service uh, that I think is absolutely worth the money. Um, Cobra Kai will actually be available for free in the fall, I'm assuming, to try and help boost the numbers and get people more interested in YouTube Red. So if you have not seen Cobra Kai, one, I got YouTube Red just to watch Cobra Kai, and it has not disappointed me. The show is great. YouTube Red as a whole is a great service because I get Google Play Music with it too. Um, but holy crap, Josh, what do you know about Cobra Kai? And have you seen any of it? I haven't seen any of it. <laughs> well, this fall, actually, you can get caught up. Because trust me, I know you don't like Daniel LaRusso. You will love Cobra Kai. Fair enough. I mean, to be fair, I don't like the Karate Kid movies because Daniel is play, uh, pictured as the hero when he's actually like the worst person. Which is why you'll like Cobra Kai. There is no good guy and bad guy in this. Everyone is in a gray area, including Daniel. Good. Like, you actually root more for Johnny than Daniel. I've, I mean, I always root, rooted more for Johnny, but yeah, But you'll root for him even more in this of, like, everyone is in this gray area of... You think you know the character, but then something will happen that you immediately kind of feel bad for them, even Daniel Johnny. Or there's a certain character. Okay, do you care if I spoil anything for you? No, I, no. The end of season one, Sensei Kreese comes back. Okay, yeah, I, I think I saw something about that. And Sensei Kreese, obviously from the original Karate Kid, is one of the most evil and demented villains in 80s movies ever. There are certain scenes that they have him do in season two that you actually understand why he is the way he is and actually sympathize with him. You sympathize with all the characters at some point or another. These characters are so well-defined and so well-written and so well-acted. It's If ever there was going to be a compelling like double turn, which is always a narrative device that I wish more things would implement, Cobra Kai could do it effectively. There's times that... Johnny's the good guy and Daniel's the good guy. Or sometimes one's the good guy and one's the bad guy. It, I cannot praise Cobra Kai enough as a show and more people need to check it out. That's why I'm really glad it's just going to be free. 
for people to check out in the fall. Um, I'll get I'll look up the specific dates and let you know, Josh. But I'm just happy that we're getting a season three because you'll find out the hard way. Oh, we need a season three. <laughs> Fair enough. That'll about do it for news topics. Um, Josh, you got a sponsor for us this week? Yeah, man. Um, sponsor this week is faulty AC units freezing up when you need them the most. Oh. I might be better about my AC unit that's in my room. That's cold, man. Now get out of here. Yep. Sometimes my jokes are just bad, but that's why I enjoy them. Like the movies we're going to talk about today. So for our discussion today, Josh and I, both of us individually, as I'm sure anybody that watches film, has those movies that you like. You don't really know why you like them, but you do. And you may or may not be the only one that likes them. Guilty pleasure movies. Movies that tons of people hate or are widely regarded as bad movies, but you, for some reason or another, like them and enjoy them. You can't, for this list today, you can't ironically like them like I do for Wicker Man or The Room. You actually have to find genuine enjoyment out of these movies. And by and large, these movies have to be considered not well-liked or received by most general audiences. Fair? Yes. Fair enough. Josh, uh, you want to go first for this one? Um, I'm going to lump a bunch of them together for my first one. And I think you'll agree. But most Nick Fury, uh, not Nick, uh, Nicolas Cage movies. Dude, my first one is a Nicolas Cage movie, too. It's just because I love Nick. I love him so much. But Please tell me your number one movie is my the same one that's at the top of my list. It's so they're all terrible. They're absolute trash movies. Except for one of them that I think you're talking about. Do we have a connection to it? Maybe. Are we talking about Drive Angry? We are talking Drive Angry. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally the top, the first thing I put on this list. uh, It's okay. For those who don't know, Drive Angry is a terrible movie. And there are times where it uses visual effects and they are not good at all. Like Nicolas Cage's hair. Or the 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 time they try to flip a car over all those police cars, it, it everything looks terrible. However, it is so entertaining. Everyone is having so much fun with this utterly ridiculous and wacky movie, and I don't even enjoy this in an ironic sense. I genuinely have a great time with Drive Angry. I really enjoy this movie. I own it on Blu-ray. I enjoy the crap out of Drive Angry. I, it, the fact that it, it opens with Nicolas Cage's character, and let's just be real here, we're just going to call him Nick from now on, because... He escapes always, hell, doesn't he? Yes. He, he drives out just, of hell. Yeah, he doesn't just drive uh, escape out of hell. He steals a car in hell, and then escapes hell in that car. What? <laughs> None of it makes sense, but you're having so much fun, you don't care that it doesn't. Oh, man, it's just, oh, it's such a good time. You got other one, Nick Cage ones, I'm assuming? Um, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, um, Can't be ironically. Yeah. Which is uh, most of the Cage movies for me, pretty much. Yeah, the Drive Angry, I think, is really one of the only ones that's like, 
absolutely terrible, but really enjoyable. Uh, there's quite a few on my list that I don't even think you know that I enjoy or find them as my guilty pleasure movies. For me, whenever okay. I think guilty pleasure, there's one movie that I put as immediately comes to my mind because this movie's not good. I love it, but I don't know why I love it. I just do. And no one else that I've ever met likes this movie. And that's okay. Sam Worthington's, that's worrisome, I know. Um, Sam Worthington's Clash of the Titans. Bro, that movie. Mm. I didn't know that people didn't like that movie. I, I enjoyed the crap out of Clash of the Titans. Wrath of the Titans it. is hot garbage. But Clash, I have so much fun with. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. But it's so enjoyable. And maybe it's just the inner swords and sandals fan in me. Like, I like, like, mythology type movies. Maybe that's what it is. It's, I just like that movie. And I don't know why. Yes. It, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, I'm what do you got next? Uh, I have, um, oh, I just had it in my brain. Um, dang, um, go ahead and do another movie and then I'll see if I can remember it. Dang it. I knew here's I should have put these, that, I knew I should have put these in the notes. <laughs> I, here's one that I'm actually always willing to die on my sword, that it is not nearly as bad as people make it out to be, including the man who starred in the film himself, Ryan Reynolds. Are you talking about Green Lantern? I am talking about Green Lantern. Oh. This movie is not that bad. Take away but the bad CGI. I don't know why. And what are people's complaints about this movie? It literally just comes down to the CGI. It really is. And honestly, Ryan Reynolds like, is a perfect not. Hal Jordan. Mark Strong yes. is a perfect Sinestro. Oh, I actually absolutely. really like Blake Lively as the love interest. She was a believable and actually human character who had really good chemistry with Ryan Reynolds. Shocker there. I It's not that bad of a movie. And I think it became popular to hate on it and to hate it. And so as typical bandwagon people, a lot of people did. Um, oh, DC has far worse movies out there. Superman Quest for P- oh. 4, Quest for Peace. The Absolutely. Supergirl movie, uh, Kazam, Steel. Oh, yeah. Um, there okay. is another I Ryan Reynolds it. movie that I'll get to later that's even more shocking that I like it, but we'll get to that bridge when we get... We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Absolutely. So, um, <laughs> this is... Uh, can we count B-level, B-level films? Yes. Okay. So I enjoyed the absolute nonsense out of Zombievers. <laughs> Zombievers? Bro. Dude, I've okay. never even heard of this movie. Okay. First of all, it's I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix, so go watch it. Second of all, the zombie beavers are definitely hand puppet hand puppets. Like there are shots, you can see the arm. Okay, but it's so hilarious to watch these teenagers overact to a hand puppet, and it just gets me every time. None of it's scary, but it's so funny. This just sounds so random. Like, 
You're not even saying it in an ironic way. You, like, actually genuinely enjoy this movie. Oh, totally. There's been times I put it on for fun because I need a good laugh. Wow. You got any others? Because uh, I got one that I'm t- on the fence yeah. if it's a guilty pleasure or not. Okay. So, it's not hyperbole to say that I have been defending this movie for 25... Uh, no, I don't think 25 years. 15... 20 years, 20 years. Defending I've been defending this movie for 20 years now. And I'll say it is the best of the Star Wars prequels, The Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. I'm with you on that. I really, really enjoy The Phantom Menace. It is my favorite of the prequels. I know people like to hate on the prequels, and I absolutely can get why. It's really not that good. I don't know why I like Phantom Menace, other than the fact that I saw it the day I graduated from kindergarten. So Phantom Menace was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters, and I still have that connection to it. It's not a great movie. I will still watch it whenever it's on. I'll, sometimes they'll just be like, you know what? I haven't watched Phantom Menace in a while. It doesn't make sense, but I want to watch it because I enjoy Phantom Menace. I enjoy Obi-Wan. I enjoy Qui-Gon. I love the Duel of the Fates scene. At the time when I was a kid, I didn't mind Anakin. I still, to this day, don't get all the hatred for Anakin. I really don't. I don't think Phantom Menace is nearly as bad as people have made it out to be. Is it as good as the original trilogy? Absolutely not. But if it wasn't a Star Wars movie, I think people would like it a lot more. Well, I think a lot of it stems from, oh, this was the first thing we've seen since the original trilogy. And they're right. Like, it's not a good movie. I would say it's like if it's a Star Wars movie, but dude, it, it's it, it's enjoyable. I'm with you. So on that vein, though, I will. T- I'm gonna say that actually, clone, the Clone Wars is my favorite. Really? Yes, and it's really funny to me because that's the one that's universally considered by a lot of people to be the worst of them. Yeah, it's so hated. The movie, at least, is so hated that people often just forget that it even was released theatrically. Yes. And here's the thing, man. Like, I think for me, it's it's the only only Star Wars film that is actually a war. <laughs> at, like, political and otherwise, in my opinion. Like, it's the only one... They have the biggest battle. I mean... I don't know, man. I, I enjoy the action quite a bit, and I think the the final fight, which with you know, with the first time we really see Dooku fight, is I enjoy it a lot. I think it, it's it sets Anakin's character up because really, without that battle, like where does Anakin go? But I don't know. I, I enjoy it, and I'll, even if it does have that terrible "I hate Sam" line, that's Attack of the Clones, man. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Did I say Clone Wars? I said Clone Wars, didn't I? Yeah, that's what I'm like. Clone Wars? Really? You mean Attack of the Clones? Really? Yeah, I mean Attack Attack of the Clones. Really? That's interesting. To me, Attack of the Clones is absolutely the weakest of the prequels, bar none. I enjoy the ever-living crap out of it. Well, if you like Attack of the Clones... 
then I have something I have to get off my chest for my next guilty pleasure. Uh oh. One that I hated. I I've had a bit of a journey with this movie. I liked but didn't love it when I saw it in theaters the first time. Um, I grew to hate it over the years, primarily just because of the reputation it has among other fans. Uh, so for a video, I went back and watched it, and I didn't hate it. And the more I rewatch it, the more I'm going, this really is not bad at all, and it's not nearly as bad as people make it out to be. Spider-Man 3. I know, we're going to have some interesting discussion on this one, because you have a very different opinion about this one. Spider-Man 3, to me, in terms of looking at it, if you watch the whole Spider-Man trilogy back to back to back, it's not that different from what we were presented in the first two films, other than take out anything with Venom. And it's a pretty solid movie, actually. You have, yeah. if you don't have the Venom suit or Venom at the end, you just have Peter Parker worrying about uh, Sandman and New Goblin. That's a much more streamlined, simplified story. And for the first about half of the film, it plays just like the first two. It's only when we get Venom stuff that it starts to get complicated. And even then, it's not nearly as bad as people make it out to be, other than the strut stuff, which has been explained in a really good way of Peter does this really obnoxious dance and cockiness because he thinks that's what cool people do, but he's not a cool person, so he doesn't know how cool people really act. doesn't make that scene any more bearable to watch, but yeah. Spider-Man 3, I don't think it's nearly... I've. I've grown to appreciate it more and more. I know almost everyone involved with that movie hates it. I don't think it's really nearly as bad as people have made it out to be. There's still a lot of good stuff to be got out of that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, uh, I'm going to take us back to horror for a second. Oh, um, boy. And, and I think you're going to laugh at me because I think you, you know what's coming. Uh, we did uh, a series called five good things the happening no 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 screw that movie <gasps> oh no <laughs> i know where and, you're going with this and we have for halloween ever october we always did you know horror films and let me tell you there's some doozies but none was more enjoyable for me than jason x oh that's not where that was going where where do you think I was going? Resurrection. Oh, I mean, there. But everybody knows that. Everybody yeah, you've, knows. You've, you've barked up that tree plenty of times that you like. Exactly. Resurrection. Oh, dude, and, I almost put Jason X on this list. I love Jason yeah. X. It's fantastic. It is terrible, but it is fantastic. So, I had this realization watching it, maybe a second or third time. You know what Jason X really is? What? It's an R-rated version of Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Yeah. Because it like I, okay. it looks exactly like all those sets. The characters are, like, stupid and ridiculous. All the costumes are dumb. And it's set in the future. It's literally a slasher of Xenon. Well, and the thing is, too, like, the concept itself is terrifying. What if, you know, this incredible serial killer became filled with nanites and legitimately couldn't die. Like, that's terrifying. 
I'm but just it, mad with the Friday the 13th game that we'll never get the Jason X skin or the level because of the lawsuit. See, yes. And believe However, it or not, I, I don't blame the people in the lawsuit. I blame the video game developers because yes. they had plenty of time to fix and get the end of the game before the lawsuit went into effect. But they chose to more or less take their time so they wouldn't have to get it out in time. Yeah. The big thing, I think the pinnacle scene for me in Jason X that makes me fall in love with that movie over and over and over again, no matter how terrible it is, is when they, in order to buy time, they put Jason X in like, you know, the hologram room. And he's legitimately, he's got this girl, this hologram girl in a sleeping bag and he's hitting her against the uh, a tree and comically all you hear is the girl go ow 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 it it just gets me every I time i genuinely think they're trying to make jason x a comedy like they're actually trying to make you laugh at times oh i agree there's, Plus, there's genuine times in that movie where they do that Anybody that doesn't give credit where credit's due with some of the kills in Jason X is just lying to themselves. When Jason kills the person with dry ice, tell me that's not the best kill in the whole franchise. Oh, yeah. Or even the one where he uh, he throws that, gr- the I think it's a girl, over the railing and she lands on the drill head and just kind of yeah. slowly down it. Like, there's some great kills in that movie. Yeah, and people just are like, it's not... Nearly the quality of the originals. Well, none of the originals are really that great either. So, now I have two comedies on my list that may even surprise Josh because I don't know if we've ever talked about my love for these. But first, before I say these two movies, I got to preface this by saying normally I hate dumb comedies. Like, I, for the life of me, can't stand Napoleon Dynamite. I think that movie is ridiculous. I don't laugh, like, ever. I never understood the appeal of Napoleon Dynamite. I never found it funny. However, I adore Nacho Libre. Yes. There's some really good jokes in Nacho Libre that I will always laugh at. Uh, One in particular, the scene where uh, his robe catches on fire and they all discover that he's a wrestler because he's got his gear on underneath the robe. He's, like, playing um, tetherball with some kids, which is, I guess, a crossover from Napoleon Dynamite, and his shoe falls off. And they never bring attention to it. They never address it. He just has one shoe for the rest of the scene. When he runs away from the monastery, he still doesn't have his shoe, and no one talks about it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just little jokes like that that really work. It It's still my favorite Jack Black movie, even above Tropic Thunder. I think I like Tropic Thunder more as a movie, but I like Jack Black's role in Nacho Libre better. I don't know what it is. I will always get a kick out of Nacho Libre. That's fair enough. I mean, Jack Black in general has, a has like, a key to my funny bone. And I think that man's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I... <laughs> He, it's not my favorite Jack Black, but I'm with you on that. Like he's he's a really funny guy. Um, there is actually one more Nicolas Cage movie that I ha- I forgot to talk about. That Con I Air. Enjoy. No, you're just throwing words out there, man. And really, Con this Air's great. Be, but man, this shouldn't this shouldn't be a surprise to you on how much I enjoy the first Ghost Rider. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that movie is terrible, and everybody hates it. Nicolas Cage hates it, but it's. I think it's so cool. I that movie was forever ruined for me when Nick uh, when I was watching the nostalgia critic review of the first one when he points out, wait, is he eating jelly beans out of a Marty? Gras cup, not a Mardi Gras cup, uh, martini glass, yeah, for no reason while watching Monkey Fails on YouTube. Yeah, I I don't understand why you're uh, you're fighting this. (laughs) I'm just confused, man. (laughs) The whole movie is confusing, yes, not as confusing as the sequel. I mean, that's also true, but I I enjoy that one ironically. I think I have more fun with Spirit of Vengeance than the original just because of how bad Spirit of Vengeance is. Oh, I agree. Now, I have a comedy that I don't even think you know about. Um, but I, for the life of me, can't figure out why I enjoy this movie, but I do, and it will never fail to make me laugh. The Benchwarmers. Yes! Absolutely! I don't know what it is, but the bench rumors will always make me laugh. Considering I don't really care that much for David Spade or Rob Schneider, I laugh my head off every time I watch it, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, it's a great... I hate Rob Schneider. Like, yeah. genuinely hate him. And he's hilarious in this movie. Everyone is. I love the part when they have the pitcher on the mound and he's just like, are you 12? The umpire goes and he's just got this little crayon slip that says, I am 12 with 20 bucks attached to it. That gets me. That makes me laugh. Or the weird kid that's afraid of the sun. It's, oh man, he gets over it. But then like. He like eats. He he eats sunscreen. Yes. And isn't he like, he cha- it, it changes to like where he's like, afraid yeah, now of he's afraid of the moon. Yeah. It's, I don't get it, but it always I mean, that's, makes me that's laugh. Like, that's like, um, that's like me and my brothers. I mean, uh, Hot Rod is, is generally not enjoyed for See, from what I've I have heard, found. I've found quite a few people that like Hot Rod actually, but nowadays Every, it's hard for people to remember what it was. Exactly. But like, and generally speaking, people that are older than me that were, you know, old enough to see movies when when they came out, when I bring it up, they don't like Hot Rod. And that movie between me and my four brothers has single handedly brought us together humor wise. And even my mom is on board most of the time because we'll we'll just quote it and she she'll get on board too. Like that is to us is a guilty is that's our guilty pleasure family movie. Which is hilarious because that is not a family movie. Oh, definitely not. Do you have any others? Because I saved my most out of left field and probably my most surprising considering me. Um, my most surprising for last. Do you have any last minute ones? Um, not really, man. So I talked earlier about Green Lantern and Ryan Reynolds would appear later on this list. You can kind of guess where I'm going, but you're probably just sitting in disbelief if he wouldn't. I will stand on my hill, proudly proclaim as the idiot that I am, that I don't know what it is, but I like X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what it is, 
I genuinely, not ironically whatsoever, I have a great time with X-Men Origins, Wolverine, bad effects, and bad Deadpool and all. Well, and I enjoy I enjoy Gambit even. Gambit? Yeah. Which, uh, that's something we forgot to mention with the schedule. Um, the Gambit movie has officially been dropped from the schedule. Yeah. Which is probably for the best. Yeah. Right now. Um, but but yeah, no, in all it's, sincerity, I don't know what it is. By all comic book, lo- comic book movie logic, I should hate X-Men Origins Wolverine. For how much it strays from the source material, how bad of a film it is, how much they botched Deadpool. Up until the finale when they fight Deadpool, I really didn't mind it that much. And at the time, I didn't get what all the hatred was about for this movie. I still, to this day, can watch it. And I don't think it's the worst X-Men movie. We have X3. We have X-Men Apocalypse. For me personally, I know I'm absolutely in the minority. I still can find quite a bit of enjoyment in X-Men Origins Wolverine. I absolutely. don't know what it is, but I do. It, it's incredibly entertaining, honestly. Yeah, maybe that's it. Like, I mean, there's, there's you get all of these moments that... Really, up until that point, we never thought we would get with, with Wolverine. We, you know, we got a actually pretty decent saber tooth. We, you know, like it, it, it felt it, it was the origin story we never thought we would get. In all honesty, I would much rather watch, and I know this is gonna cause some controversy. I would rather watch X Men Origins Wolverine than the Wolverine. Because you know at least with X-Men Origins Wolverine, you remember stuff from it. You remember the Sabretooth fight as bad as it was. You remember the Deadpool fight. I genuinely can't remember that much about the Wolverine. You know what? I'm on board with you on that. It was, I'm sure, by all standards, it's a better movie. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, I agree. It was just kind of there. Because they didn't want to go all out and make it R, which is funny, all things considering with Logan now being a thing. Well, and not just that, but, like, it actually felt like the story needed to go that far. Yeah, it felt like they were holding back for the Wolverine. Whereas X-Men Origins Wolverine, it's balls to the wall nuts. But it oh, knows it. It, it. it kind of feels like it knows what it is. Absolutely. And I'm much more okay with the movie knowing what it is and just being out there and ridiculous than trying to be something that's not. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that'll be my most out there guilty pleasure. You watch. Everyone that listens to this is just going, these guys are idiots. Why do I listen to them? That's just us. Well, what do you guys have for your guilty pleasures? What are some movies that not a whole bunch of other people you've ever met really like them, but you have a soft spot in your heart for them? Let us know in the comments below. I always love hearing people's guilty pleasures. Uh, Let me know in the comments below. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, check us out on either Google Play, Google Podcasts, or iTunes with something coming down the pike, maybe in time for next week's episode. we'll We'll stay tuned for that one. We'll keep you updated. And be sure to check us out on the main Uncharted Media YouTube channel. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.